the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Sort of welcome, huh? Not very pretty what's going on out there. Dow drops 500 points, bringing its two-day losses to over 1,300 points. Now, again, we had the day off on Wednesday due to the funeral services held for George H.W. Bush, President number 41. Um, it's kind of cool when you can call somebody by a number, but I'm already already slipping. Wow. There was a big arrest yesterday in Canada of the CFO for Huawei Technologies and daughter of the founder of the Chinese telecommunications giant. She was arrested in Vancouver, Canada. She could face extradition to the United States over potential violations of U.S. sanctions on Iran. This is getting messy. The Chinese-United States relationship is getting messy. The rest, which took place the same day that President Donald Trump and President Xi Jinping met at the G20 summit in Buenos Aires, discussed trade policy, and they came out with a 90-day detente of we're not going to raise the stakes on tariffs. So this is complicating things. And then we started to realize the math that 90 days isn't enough time to really accomplish what we need to in trade negotiations. Last night, it was messy. Keep in mind, the markets were closed on Wednesday, but foreign markets were open. And they, they, they hung in. But uh, it got messy last night. So there was wild swings in the futures contracts. And I was like, this is going to be an interesting day. Interestingly enough... I don't have to work in television today because the way television works, they, they're like, well, we're going to cover, keep covering Bush. I'm like, There's a big story. The market's falling apart. They're like, well, we're going to keep covering Bush. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll not work with you today. So OPEC reportedly agrees to cut oil output. That's a story. Um, I'm not going to say oil tells no lies because 
it's supply and demand. When they're cutting the output, they're obviously trying to firm the price or stop the bleeding on the downside. That is the conventional wisdom. It doesn't always work out that way. So markets were closed on Wednesday. Stock markets poised and doing exactly where it left off on Tuesday, falling apart. Reports have indicated that the arrest in Canada admitted allegations the company has violated trade sanctions in Iran. She's going to be extradited to the United States to face charges. It could come as little surprise that it creates more stress out there. Now, sometimes what's interesting, you've heard perception in reality, right? The perception that the stock market's falling apart is telling us that probably sometime six months down the road, we're going to start hearing really bad things from corporate America. And tomorrow we get the employment report, which isn't expected to be a bad report. Maybe it stops the bleeding for a while. But the market's trying to tell us something, or the market is telling us, in six months from now, something's going to happen. The initial pullback looks set to be um, fairly broad-based and concentrated on cyclical sectors as growth concerns come back to the surface. This will put the industrial and basic materials sectors into fray. Um, continued strength in the treasury market where people are running to hide money. It's driving down rates across the curve. So people tend to run and put money into U.S. treasuries when they fear what's going to happen six months to the next three years out. In large part, you don't get a great return with the United States Treasury, whether it be a one-year note, two-year note, ten-year. You don't get a great return. But you know the United States typically pays their debts. Maybe the last time we didn't pay our debts was like the Civil War. I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, But we pay our debts. That's the idea. So, oil's playing with $50 a barrel. It's an interesting thing. You want oil somewhere between 40 and 60, not much lower, not much higher. Because when it becomes too high, it becomes burdensome. When it comes too low, it becomes burdensome to the countries that produce it. So, the ADP Employment Challenge Change Report for November showed an estimated 179,000 positions were added to the private sector payrolls. Initial jobless claims for the week ending December 1 decreased by 4,000 to 231,000. So, the, the economic data that's out there, it's okay. It's not as bad as what we're seeing in the stock market. So, the arrest of the Huawei Technologies CFO peaks worries about the U.S. and China being able to resolve trade disputes. Um, China doesn't play fair. And like the, the hack that we just saw uh, with a big hotel chain, it appears that China might be behind it. A lot of Chinese fingerprints in the data, so to speak. And I don't even know what that means, but that's where I'm not an expert, right? So it's a broad-based retreat. All 11 sectors are down today. <clears throat> If you have an emergency alcohol supply, it might be the time to break into it. <laughs> I kid. I kid. At least wait till 9 a.m. Uh, Saudi-backed lobbyist reportedly booked 500 rooms at Trump's D.C. hotel after the 2016 elections. Wow. So a lot of people think the Mueller report's going to come out soon, and it's going to rain a negative storm on the presidency. Ultimately, he'll survive is the thought, but maybe his son-in-law or his son goes to jail or maybe gets uh, 
his fingerprints all over it, and it thus is tainted. So that's what we have today. International trade deficits surge to the highest in a decade as imports rise and exports drop. Trump has always looked at this on what's coming into the country and what's going out of the country, imports and exports. And he didn't like the imbalance. He didn't really like the imbalance with China. That was one of his promises. He's going to change that balance. We're not going to be the world consumers, except for we are. So the trade gap widened. For the fifth straight month, data for September was revised to show the deficit rising to $54.6 billion instead of the previously $54 billion. This is a 10-year high. Soybean exports continue to fall, and imports of consumer goods rose to a record high. Bitter, bitter trade war. And there was a point in time where I was like eight years old, and I had a London broil and a nice steak for lunch. I don't even know if it's a nice steak now. It's funny how different parts of the country have different uh, types of meat that they like. Like tri-tip's wildly popular on the West Coast, not wildly popular on the East Coast. But that's now I'm totally digressing. So uh, the trade-off right now is a negative market. The stories that I could do out there feel fluffy and light compared to a big sell-off. Lance Armstrong says his investment in Uber saved our family. He was paying off hush money. He was paying off legal bills. He was paying off settlements. And some guy named Chris Saka said, hey, throw $100,000 into my venture capital fund, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, see, Lance Armstrong investing in Uber doesn't make you feel good on a day when the market's getting battered and fried. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. World markets are lower. U.S. markets are lower. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. We'll beat it up. I'm Rob Black. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. How expensive kids are, but the markets are getting beaten up. Some of our favorite stocks are, are taking it on the chin. There's a sell all. Sell all! Battle cry being heard across markets ahead of the U.S. Open. There's a lot going on. Like I could, I'm going to give you some of the details. Okay. Um, there's things like steakhouses are getting sold aggressively on the stock market because analysts start thinking, okay, when the economy goes bad, people are going to downgrade from fillet to hamburger. Or people are going to go from hamburger to chicken or pork. Pork, the other white meat, other than baby. Baby, delicious white meat. Porky had to step up my, 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 my comedy. Thanks, Porky. 
Yeah, stuttering fat pig. I don't think that would fly in today's uh, Me Too movement and political correctness. Don't think so. So, yeah, like uh, one of the things I'm seeing, Texas Roadhouse, analysts are coming out on it and saying, you know, we're not feeling great about this. Even though America loves their big pieces of meat over the past five years, Texas Roadhouse, publicly traded company, TXRH, their stock is up 140% in five years. It's outperformed the powerful bull market. It's, it's basically thumped the powerful bull market. Casual dining chain, steaks, ribs, burgers, chicken sandwiches. Um, but the quarterly comparisons start to get tougher, and people are starting to think, you know, be careful in this one because the stock market's telling us something. It's telling us that there's job cuts down the road or something. If there's profit losses, profit losses are typically followed by job cuts. So... That's out there. The higher minimum wages across the states are affecting the company. The higher food costs are affecting the company. The very tight labor market is hitting the company. So they're saying be cautious. Now, again, if you want to be cautious, I get it. Throw the steak out with the bathwater, right? Makes total sense. But maybe go into something like McDonald's. Maybe you go for the cheap food to replace the expensive food. You don't have to be all in, all out. Kind of grows a kind of a mentality that you get into trouble. But with that being said, casual dining valuations um, correlate strongly with same store sales. And the question is, the millennials—they are the random. They are the wild card, so to speak. Um, I can cut my restaurant expenses if I need to. If I feel like I'm not going to make as much money this year, next year as I did this year, I can cut my restaurant expenses. Uh, I could stop living as large. But millennials kind of, they're willing to live in a one-bedroom apartment with you know 400 square feet and a, a small kitchenette, so to speak. That's what they're being forced to do in a lot of cities. They go out a lot. So the big question is... In time of a recession, we've had two big ones during the millennials' lifetime. Two big pullbacks in the market, two big, uh, one massive recession. Will that be enough to change their spending habits? It's pretty fascinating stuff, in my opinion. So, stocks are falling hard with the battle cry to sell all. That's a tough one. A lot of people are rushing right now to hedge sinking futures. Uh, bets. So much for a pause of the action, right? Wednesday was a nice reprieve. It felt like I didn't have to work that day. It felt like I could sleep in. Watching the president's funeral is... Gets, it gets to be a bit much when it turns into a six-hour, eight-hour affair. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a spectacle, right? And it doesn't happen every day. It's a crude lawyer... Crude is lower. Plunging, some would say. So if you have investments in crude oil, it's also telling you, you know, not only will that be a problem, but what's it telling you about the world demand? We have a president right now who is a businessman who is probably ruined for other businessmen 
the chance to run for president for a couple cycles at least. You know, when we saw like a venture capitalist, Mitt Romney, running, we're like, hey, he's a businessman. He'll, he'll bring business common sense to the U.S. and, and cut down our debt. Well, that's not going to happen anytime soon because of President Trump. He's broken the law in his dealings with Russia. There's no public evidence of that yet, but there's a lot of evidence that his interest as a business owner conflict with his duties as president. And also with interest in the United States and its citizens. Trump was pursuing a real estate deal in Moscow up to the point that he had secured the Republican nomination for president in 2016. He was going to open a Trump Tower in, in Russia. And that put Vladimir Putin in a position of asking for favors, which may not have been in the best interests of the United States. Uh, the sanctions that have been put into place over Russia for invading the uh, Crimea from Ukraine. So it's kind of interesting. The whole Mueller thing is coming at an interesting time when interest rates have been the big story. Will the Fed raise interest rates? Will they not? Now the Fed was expected to raise interest rates in December, but will they sit back and go, you know, the stock market's telling us things are going to slow down. Maybe, maybe we don't have to do anything. It brings another variable in. Wall Street hates variables. Trump is cited with the Saudi prince, who appears to have ordered a hit on a journalist. And Trump went out of his way to say, I have no financial interest in Saudi Arabia. But in 2015, he said himself that he earns hundreds of millions of dollars from Saudis who buy his properties and other products. I like the Saudis, he said. They, all, they buy all sorts of my stuff. <laughs> this is just messy. And there's, no, there's no getting around it. It's messy, Right. When we're selling everything, it's messy. Now, I haven't looked at the markets for 10 minutes. Let's take a look. Maybe things have turned around. Nope. Nope. Still down 460 points on the Dow. Now, again, these, these losses are ultimately fairly small. You're talking about 1% to 1.5% to 2%. Um, and that's... It is what it is, right? Stocks slide in a fresh sell-off after taking off Wednesday. The Huawei arrest is a huge problem for trade relations and how that works out. Sears chairman Eddie Lampert is offering to buy the retailer. I don't understand that. I just don't understand it anymore. Of course, he's going to try to get himself a sweetheart deal, but sometimes I just you feel like you have to cut and move on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
picked a fight with the wrong person. Whoa. And you suddenly feel like you're in over your head. And you ascertain, like, I'm going to get my, my hiney beaten down. No, God! It doesn't take long for your brain to say, whoopsie. There's a moment, that moment when you realize that even if you figure everything out, you're still going to get hurt. So the stock market kind of fell hard on Tuesday. It failed to hold the 200-day simple moving average, which a lot of traders believe in. I like to follow moving averages. If I'm going to invest in a short-term position, like I want to keep it a year, I'll like take a look at a 200-day moving average, see what it's done. If I want to invest long-term, I'll take a look at a 10-year, see how it's done. There's no shame in looking at charts. Charts can tell you, like, what did that stock do on 9-11? What did that stock do when we elected President Trump? Because if you remember, that night, the world stock market panicked. What did the stock market do when, you know, overall, in a good year and a bad year? What did the stock do in a good year and a bad year? There's no shame in it. But the 200-day moving average, it happens fast on how we go from a good market that that is, you know, rallying, that's uh, refusing to break, it's the rubber band market, you know, bend but don't break. But now that we've crashed that 200-day moving average, all bets are off. We're in free fall. Will it last one day? Will it last 18 months? Will we go to zero? That's one of my favorite things I've done when I do television. When the market's down like 500 points, I'll say, well, let's take a look. If we're at Dow 25,000, we'll be at Dow zero in 50 days, right? You're like, don't be a jerk. There's a point where it's going to hold support. Uh, unless something really bad happens, like a nuclear strike, which, you know, it's it's always going to be in the cards. So as a very, very young man, I always thought, you know, at some point in time, there's a city that's going to be obliterated by terrorists. Maybe I watched too much spy television and thought Jack Bauer is real. So a lot of traders will take a look at Tuesday and say, okay, we didn't hold that. So the rally cry is sell all. I'm getting more emails from people like you. People are fearful. People are upset that Kiss is on their farewell tour. Yeah, me too. So ETFs are going to be talked about a lot in the next couple of days. Do we own too much broadly? Do too many people own too much broadly? Because when you sell all, that's exactly what you're doing. You're selling all. And if you're selling out of your ETFs, you're selling little pieces of, of the companies that are captured in an exchange-traded fund. So that's going to get out there, and that's going to be a pretty big story, in my opinion. Dow drops 500, two-day losses down 1,300. Apple shares fall again after UBSC's weakest purchase intent for the iPhone in five years. Now, Apple, in their wisdom, for better or for worse, has an expensive phone, and they keep raising the price of their phones. Will this be the, the moment where they say, okay, economies are getting roughed up. We better come out with a cheaper phone. 
UBS slash Apple's price target to 210 from 225. It's at 170 right now. Uh, some analysts see it going as low as 165. The purchase intention. I think I'm pretty much so done being excited by phones. When the augmented reality features were talked about with Apple, it didn't really deliver. Yeah, it's got a cool app, which is called Measure, and you can measure like how big a piece of paper is or how big your TV is just by pointing your phone at it. So if you want a new television, you're like, I don't really remember what, my, my, what I bought last time, and you don't want to get out the tape measure because Lord knows that's too much work. You just zap it with your phone. So only 18% of survey respondents said they plan to buy an iPhone in the next 12 months. That's down from 21% last year and close to 17% in October 2015 during the iPhone 6S super cycle. So that's interesting, right? There was a point in time in the 90s and early 2000s where computers were getting a lot of innovation. I was excited as a young analyst to be following Intel when they went from the 8086 to the 286 to the 386 to the 486, the Pentiums, to whatever they are now, the 8th generation i9 processor, which followed the 7th generation, which followed the 6th generation. I didn't even care anymore. We used to talk about Moore's Law is eventually going to run out, and, and uh, Intel won't be able to get more transistors smaller and, and, and faster. I don't even know if transistors is the right word anymore. <laughs> Showing you my ignorance, right? So I'm that way with the phone now. For a while, you're like, ooh, it's got a faster processor. Ooh, it's got an app store. Ooh, you could watch TV on it. Ooh. And now it's becoming, whoa, $1,200 plus tax. No bueno, no bueno. So it's interesting, like, um, I have friends in other states that have no income tax, no state income tax. So I'm like, can you buy my, me an Apple computer there, and I'll pay you back? So people find ways to just circumvent and get around the system. I don't do that, but I could. Apple Watch can now detect your irregular heart rhythms and other problems. I don't know. I, I sense this is going to create a lot of misreads and... Uh, false positives, and I feel a lot of people are going to be going to the emergency room because Apple Watch Series 4, they just put the new update, which can access the new feature to identify atrial fibrillation, a common form of an irregular heart rhythm, as well as opt-in to more passive monitoring. Anyone over the age of 22 can use these new heart health features, although not all of them are designed for people who have already been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Something tells me, I don't know. I'm not saying I don't trust Apple. Speaking of trust, you know who's getting it hit hard right now? Facebook. He's being considered a Don, Mark Zuckerberg. Did you just call him a member of the mafia? I didn't. Other people did. Um, and I saw one analyst say, Facebook's made too many enemies. And when you look back at it, they, they seem to have a very contentious relationship with governments. So Chief Executive Mark Zuckerberg, savvy businessman, savvy corporate strategist. If you followed Facebook's history by even watching the Social Network movie, he's coming like 
a tactician trying to maximize Facebook's revenue, ruthless businessman willing to metaphorically, not literally, but metaphorically kneecap competitors. He takes a look at Snap and offers to buy the company to say no, so he just starts copying their features. And Snap's dead. They're not dead, but uh, they're not thriving. Facebook is wielding user data like a commodity. And some of the internal emails are starting to come out and haunt Facebook. So is it now the time to buy? Zuckerberg was intimately involved in a lot of the problems. Facebook debated whether and how to generate revenue from mobile games and other features that outside developers were stitching into Facebook. Zuckerberg took the position that Facebook should permit companies fairly broad and no-cost access to information about Facebook users. He argued that the decision would keep give developers the incentive to build fun things for Facebook users for them to do. Therefore, why not make it free? He said at one point in time that your data wasn't worth 10 cents. And now we're starting to see he changed his mind on that one. Uh, there was a point in time where Twitter had Vine. Uh, and Vine was kind of a thing. And to the point I was thinking, okay, 11-second videos. I get the, I don't get the 160-character thing. I don't get the 11-second limit on videos. But Vine was kind of catching on. So Facebook's willingness to copy potentially threatening technologies or impede rivals by using the social network's prodigious power. Um, they talked about Vine in internal emails, and he was ruthless. Um, now some people like that, some people don't. What are you supposed to do in business? Are you supposed to be lovely and sweet? Are you supposed to be a two-dimensional cartoon character? You start Facebook in a college dorm, and perhaps you don't understand how Facebook could become so huge and so big. And then when it does, you start, like, obsessing over the data. Drop the the. And that's what people Just are Facebook. saying, that companies like Facebook shut down Vine on Facebook because they saw it as a competitor. So Microsoft did the same thing. There was a company called Stacker at one point in time that doubled the size of your hard drive. And hard drives used to come, they weren't gigs. You know, you get like a 10 meg hard drive. So we double it to 20. And you're like, woo, that's, that's a good thing. I'll pay 20 bucks for that or 100 bucks for it. And Microsoft said, screw it, we'll just copy the technology and put it in our operating system. And you'll pay 120 bucks for our operating system. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
I'm a pretty good tipper. I've worked in the restaurant industry. Working in the finance industry, you try to take lessons of your life, and you've heard this one ad nauseum. If you cut a $5 Starbucks cup of coffee out of your life five times a week, that's $25 a week, that's $100 a month, that's $1,200 a year. That could fund your whole retirement nest egg and is worth $8 bazillion when you retire. Why not extend it to tipping if we're going to start talking stupid? You know, if you go out to eat dinner $500,000 and you stiff the waiter two bucks every time, that's going to equal $1 million. Now, I always over tip. And, you know, you're not supposed to tip on the taxable amount. You're supposed to tip on the pre tax. So sometimes it may look like you're under tipping. Waiters don't know that. But I don't know. 17% for bad service, 20% for good, 25% for great. If you have a personal relationship with the server and maybe on occasion they slip you a beer or, you know, make sure they bring out the barbecue sauce that the boss wants them to charge money for, but they don't. Yeah, Ubers and housekeeping and valets, um, people that take up your bags, how much do you tip for pizza? Do you tip for the drive or do you tip for the, the bill amount? There's a lot of little rules that you just never really quite understand. You know, how much wedding people, you manicurists, hairstylists, DJs, people that move you. Um, I know you're saying, hey, Rob, 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 stock market, focus on the stock market. I don't really care about your tipping habits. I know. That's why I did it. I kind of wanted to throw you off and just remind you that money is an issue in your life. And stock markets, daily moves, you're not going to remember in the long run. You know, 2008, when the market was falling apart, how do you feel about that? And then you get nine up years in stock market. You don't remember it. I, I can tell you, I know people who sold at the bottom. I know people who got out of the market and never got back in. And I know people now are going to you know, sell out of the market. Will they get back in? That's a big question. I could talk about Sears Chairman Eddie Lampert submitting a $4.6 billion proposal to save Sears, but I don't think you really care. You want to talk about the markets. Lyft is filed to go public, signaling it could be the first major tech IPO of 2019 and a way for insiders to cash out. Lance Armstrong said he invested in Uber early, had an investment of $100,000 in Uber, essentially, when it was a company valued at just under $3 million. Now it's going to be valued at $30 billion. Wow. Some guys have all the luck. Some guys dope and cheat to get ahead and make millions. Yeah. I know you're saying, Rob, you should dope and cheat. Dow drops 550. Two-day loss Tuesday and Thursday, 1,300 points. That feels like a big one. Walgreens is launching next-day prescription delivery with FedEx to compete with Amazon. Amazon bought online pharmacy pill pack in June. Deal hasn't closed yet, but Amazon's going to get into healthcare big time. And companies like Walgreens need to start thinking about that before it's too late. The music industry was like, oh, that Napster, people are just stealing our music. And then they're like, oh, that Napster, oh, good golly. That changed our business model forever.
I remember when it was perfectly fine to steal music and you felt like music company makes too much money. I shouldn't have to pay $12, $15 for a CD when all I want is one song and the, the other nine songs stink. I know, but if it was your CD <laughs> that was being stolen, you probably had a different opinion on it. To be fair. So I hate doing it, but this market is really, it's going to be a thing on a lot of people's minds for the next couple of days. If nothing else, um, you're learning that you're vulnerable again instead of the market always going to highs. Can Trump win the 2020 re-election with a Dow at 17,000? No way. No way. We vote with our pocketbook more often than not. I know you're saying, well, I'm a Republican. I've always voted Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm always a Democrat. But you may not vote on the years that you're doing good. You may go, let's just keep status quo. With interest rates rising the danger, um, right now, in my opinion, is junk bonds. And a lot of junk bonds would hit auto, home, and energy markets the hardest. Sometimes volatility, the perception is it's just volatility. It's just 1,300 points. We could be back at all-time highs in a month. But sometimes volatility becomes very real. And it changes people's attitudes when they suddenly realize, oh, I'm vulnerable. Uh, people tend to divorce more when the economies are strong. People tend to stay together when economies are weak. Sometimes perception becomes reality. So, I don't know. Everyone on the right is saying that they warned that this would happen and the Democrats won back the House in the midterms. The left laughed. Now everyone on the left is saying, see what you get with president, with the Republican president. So everyone's making it their own little tragedy, and they're pointing fingers at who they want to. Um, the U.S.-China relations are a sticky point. Higher interest rates are a sticky point. Employment's not. Housing is a sticky point. It's had a bad 11-month run. So... 800-516-1220 to always get your calls on the show. Drop me an email at Rob at Rob Black Show. 800-516-1220. Let's talk markets. Let's 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 see how things play out. Don't panic. Reevaluate for sure. But don't panic. No knee jerks. That's when you get the worst prices. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. To get to know each other, then there's no hurry. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.